0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and
1: pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last, make every tap
2: music to your ears.
3: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
4: We cover
5: the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder.
4: we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Let's go! This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network.
0: We are rocking and rolling on this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line. This show presented by DraftKings as we welcome you into DraftKings Network and v the Sports Betting Network. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Tony with you. Lots to get to as we continue to preview a couple of great games coming up this weekend in the divisional round. And I do want to let you know, Michael, that I made sure I got to the studio early today because yeah. I know that you and Femi were recording the GM shuffle, which, by the way, you can get it right now. Available locked and loaded. Download it. Subscribe all the things new episode today i got here early just so that i could come in and say femi i want to see how you're doing i'm checking on you how is life because mike mccarthy is still the head coach of the dallas cowboys
6: (laughs) he's back you know and i played you know look i i we were basically in court today i took i was mike mccarthy's defense attorney (laughs) and i was defending why jerry kept him and Femi wouldn't hear any of it, and but he didn't really have a reason, just he didn't win the big game. So under the Femi logic, if John Harbaugh loses to the Houston Texans, he should get fired because they have the same record. I mean, all the numbers, when you look at, when you look at, no, nobody wants to admit this because the narrative doesn't fit. But when you look at all the numbers from Mike McCarthy and you go through his career, John Harbaugh's 160-99. He's eleven and nine. He's won one Super Bowl. Sean Payton's 160-98. 98 ninety eight. Nine and eight in the playoffs. Won one Super Bowl. Mike Tomlin one seventy three one hundred and two. Eight and ten. Won one Super Bowl. So if you're gonna fire Mike, if you're gonna fire Mike, you might as well fire Sean. You might as well fire John. Now Sean just got a huge contract. So like seriously, this this expectations of the coach. I mean, Andy Reid, when he first got to Kansas City, he goes eleven and five, then he goes nine and seven, eleven and five, and then at sixteen he has his best team, right? He has his best team and he loses at home to the Patriots. Should they have fired him then?
0: So listen, so I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here because I know there are a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans who are heated today. Heated. I think everybody Largely expected that this is what was going to happen. I don't think it was a surprise for a lot of Cowboys fans, but the frustration still lies because of the compounding issues in the postseason. When you have this much success in the regular season, three straight 12 win seasons, and you feel like you're poised to take that step with the contracts that you have for your top tier players right now, the talent you have to then get to the postseason and fail year after year, and then this third year, when this is like the season it should happen, you have the most epic collapse that you could possibly have and completely no-show against a quarterback who's making his first career postseason start. I think that's why people are so mad.
6: And they have every right to be. They have every right to be. Just like they had every right to be with John Harbaugh when he lost at home to the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry ran the ball down their throats. Understandable. It is. It is. It's a great season gone up in smoke. And this is what scares you the most about the divisional round. And this is usually the round where Cinderella's slipper comes off. Okay. So I get that. I understand that. McCarthy is the winningest coach in the Cowboy football right now. He's a 62.7% win percentage. But he has not. He's won in three in playoff games. I get that. I understand their frustration. But here's what I would say to that. Aren't you better off keeping McCarthy? And then enhancing the Cowboys. See, I think there's a big notion out there that the Cowboys are this over, underachieving team. I don't think they underachieved at all. I don't think they're as good as people think they are. Like, they're not. I mean, you know, they're not as talented. They've got some really talented players. I'm not going to dispute that with you. But they're not this most talented team. Everybody complains about Dak, right? Everybody complains about Dak as not being a top-five quarterback, which there were moments he was. But their secondary, when you look at their secondary... They struggle to play man-to-man in their secondary, right? And Gilmore wasn't 100%. They lose digs during the season, so they couldn't handle that. They had really – who were their linebackers? Were they – I mean, I don't – they're not great linebackers. College free agent, you know, they got a fifth-round pick playing linebacker. And then their defensive front, Lawrence is still a good player. But you know, Hankins got cut by the Raiders when they needed a big defensive lineman. Maisie Smith, the kid they drafted in the first round, they got really nothing out of him this year. So like this, they have Makai Parsons, who's great, right? You know, Gilmore still can cover, but he's not the same guy. And we know that Bland had a lot of pick sixes, but he still gave up a lot of plays. It's kind of comical how you get this rep of being this great team when you really are not. If you grade their players fairly and honestly. They have some significant holes, and and some of them are on offense in the offensive line where Tyron Smith is nowhere near the player he once was, right? There's just no. We know, and we've said it on this show repeatedly, Terrence Steele is a little bit of a liability at right tackle. Watch the first Eagle game at home. But again, it's all McCarthy's fault because he had a bad day, and he did have a bad day. I'm not defending that Mm -hmm. at all.
0: He had a bad day. Dan Quinn had a bad day. Dak Prescott had a bad day, and it was a bad day to have a bad day. And here is what Jerry Jones had to say in his statement following the decision. He said, I believe this team is very close and capable of achieving our ultimate goals, and the best step forward for us will be with Mike McCarthy as our head coach. There is great benefit to continuing the team's progress under Mike's leadership as our head coach. And again, I think for Jerry Jones at his age, it makes a lot of sense not to have to start over right now if you do think you have a coach that is capable of getting you where you want to go I think it's also just challenging knowing that Mike McCarthy is a good coach not a great coach and there are potential great coaches that are available right now which leads me to another question mark that we have similar situation Nick Sirianni who has had recent success with the Philadelphia Eagles but this season things fell apart at the end of the year and they end up getting embarrassed in the postseason as well a lot of Eagles fans have been calling for his head Bill Belichick is still out there and while he has taken a second interview with the Atlanta Falcons I don't think we're going to see movement on Bill until we know about some of these other potential openings if there could be one in Philly. But again, I don't think that there will be. I think Sirianni is staying put just like McCarthy is staying put. How do you
6: feel? I think, I think if Sirianni is able to give Jeffrey Lurie the answers that move the organization forward, that shows that he's got a grasp on what went wrong, and he's responsible for what went wrong, right? I mean, weeks, during the bye week, you know, they're coming off the bye week. They were winning games, but they were not a great team. They were not a great team. We kept saying they would have dangerous wins. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, right, they were able to win games, but they didn't fix their problems. And now they're old and slow on defense. They're poorly coached defensively in terms of fundamentals and techniques. And that's not always on Matt Patricia or anybody. That's on the practice habits of what you're doing. So I think there's a lot that Nick Sirianni has to do. I think the the smoke of the second interview – of Bill Belichick going to Atlanta where people will perceive that he's probably getting closer to taking that job, Mm. okay? We'll either either make some decisions for some teams. I'm sure Carolina's probably thinking maybe we should get in this, okay? Because they haven't been in it yet. And then maybe Jeffrey Lurie, what he hears, maybe he thinks he should get in it based on what Seriani. We know this. They have been calling around. Asking, when I say they, Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni have been calling around talking about coaches that are available. Offensive coaches. I mean, defensive coaches, excuse me. Well, that happened when Doug Peterson, before he got fired, because Peterson couldn't present a plan to him about what he was doing. About what he thought he needed to do to fix the organization. And that's when Laurie fired him. So I think a lot of it's still up in the air. I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but I think that meeting today, I think it's today, is going to be instrumental in Jeffrey Lurie deciding what he's going to do.
0: Yeah, the reports were that after Sirianni and his staff concluded their player exit interviews, that he would have a meeting today with Jeffrey Lurie to present a plan and the way that he sees this team moving forward. And what you just referenced with the Doug Peterson situation a couple years ago shows that that conversation will be critical in what happens next for Nick Sirianni. Now, to go back to Bill Belichick, I told you earlier The more I keep thinking Atlanta, the more I keep talking myself into this a little bit. Um, But the question I have is, if if you're Bill Belichick, you want to go to a situation where you feel like you can win now. And I do feel like he would have that in Atlanta, especially if they, depending on the decision that they make at quarterback, if they go out and get a veteran guy. I don't know if you get Justin Fields. I don't know if you go out and try to trade up into the draft and get a Jaden Daniels. That's a conversation for another day. But if you get a quarterback and you have a chance to win. But if I'm also bill I want another chance to win a championship too. Do you think that Atlanta could be that team in the next couple of years? Could
6: they? I think anything's possible. You get the right quarterback, you get the right team. You know, just a little add a little fuel to the Justin Fields Caleb Williams fire. Cliff Kingsbury is going back for an interview as the offensive coordinator for the Bears. What does that tell you? Mm. I don't know. I don't know what it tells you. You know, it's a connection that everybody's going to make. I'm not sure it is a connection, but I'm sure everybody's going to want to make that. I've heard Cliff Kingsbury's on Antonio Pierce's shortlist to be his offensive coordinator at the Raiders. And if that happens, that might be good for, but the Raiders are delaying. The longer you keep delaying, you lose out on assistant coaches.
0: I'm just impressed that Cliff Kingsbury made it back from overseas.
6: Yeah, <laughs> well, he had to. <laughs> Remember, he had to because the, the, the Arizona Cardinals were Ooh. demanding that he start looking for work, and they were going <laughs> to cut him off.
0: Uh, it's so good. This is going to be such a fun thing to monitor, I feel like, throughout the course of the offseason. Not only which coach lands where and who stays put, which, by the way, also we got the news yesterday, not only is Mike Tomlin staying put, but Dennis Allen is as well, um, but – some of these coordinators who's going to end up where I think that's the fun chess match and players that are going to be making that transition in free agency in the draft it's going to be a fun thing to monitor but fortunately we still have some games that we have to talk about and as it pertains to that Raiders interview I've got a question coming up next here we're going to do a little news or noise hitting some of the headlines around the National Football League one of them involves Vegas very interesting statement that was made from Antonio Pierce at the MLK Day Parade here in town we've got that and a whole lot more coming up. We'll also have Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino, is going to join us for the final half hour. You won't want to miss any of it. Keep it locked right here on Vsin and DraftKings Network.
3: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
1: Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on
1: vSEN, the sports betting network.
0: With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's an Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash you'll get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Get in there while you can. OmahaSteaks.com slash v
1: Is it news? Corleone is a man who insists
3: on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise. Are you gonna act like this is news? Just noise. 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 Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question. News or noise?
0: So I need to know what's for real because it appears we are cooking with gas when it comes to Antonio Pierce being the next head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. On Monday's MLK Day Parade in Vegas, Pierce told local reporters an exclusive interview for KTNV, the ABC affiliate here in Vegas. It's a dream. I don't want to pinch myself yet until it becomes official and we put a stamp on this bad boy. It sounds like we might have already done it, AP. What do you think? News or noise? Antonio Pierce, next head coach of Vegas.
6: I think it's news because I haven't heard any other name. I mean, Mm. Mike Rabel's going to go take an interview with the Los Angeles Chargers. That's the first time we've heard his name. We haven't heard Harbaugh. We haven't heard Belichick. Like, there's no way that Mark Davis can hire another assistant coach in the league over Pierce. So I think this is news. Now, Champ Bailey, Champ Kelly, excuse me, he's going to the interviews. They've Mm -hmm. met the criteria for hiring a coach. At some point, they have to do it. And if they're interested in hiring Cliff Kingsbury, they better get moving on it because he might take a job.
0: Yeah, it seems like they're running it back with the two of them. Uh, Jeremy Fowler, VSPN, with that report that Kelly has been sitting in in the interviews. Why would you do that if you're not going to go on to be the GM? So it all makes too much sense in the world. Let's go for a moment to the college game because Mm. obviously Nick Saban, the legend himself, has officially retired in steps, former Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer. With that though, 23 Alabama players have entered the portal, 60 commits as well since the retirement. And that includes star wide receiver Isaiah Bond, former five-star offensive lineman Caden Proctor, freshman Mm All-American Caleb Downs. Woof, news or noise, Michael? I think it's news.
6: I think it's news too. I mean, look, whenever you make a change, The players, whether the portal's open or not, the players have 30 days to enter the portal and go anywhere they might want to go because of the coaching change. And it's their right. And so, you know, you go to play for Nick and Nick's not there. Okay, I'm not going to stay here. And I'm sure, you know, this is when the vultures swoop in. And they come and get you. Now, give the board credit. When he went to Washington, he did a good job of keeping his own players. But he also brought a bunch of players in that he knew. Michael Penix being number one. So, this isn't his first rodeo. Yeah, you're going to lose some players. I mean, that's the job. That's what you expect. But you got a chance to get some back, too. Sure,
0: and if I'm a player, I want to play for Kalen DeBoer. Just saying, like having meetings with him and knowing the way that he's talked about, knowing the way he's found ways to win at places where normally a lot of people cannot very very impressed with him if he took washington to to uh the heights that he did this year in a national championship why couldn't you do it at alabama so hopefully they're able to bring some good star players in there now this is a fun one as we head back to the national football league lions db cj gardner johnson told reporters if you give that tampa group a good quarterback that's a great group mike evans chris godwin russell gage that's a great group shading our boy baker mayfield something." furious. Baker had a little response, though. Let's hear what Mr. Mayfield had to say.
6: Um, I don't think he's really watched film because uh, he mentioned Russell Gage. You know, we love Russell, but Russell hasn't played a snap all year for us. Um, he must be going off the preseason stuff that the media was talking about, but he didn't play our first game, so I'm excited to see him.
0: Tremendous response, in my opinion. (laughs) Gage, of course, suffered that season, ending knee injury in August during a joint practice with the Jets. Baker gets his dig in, but goes back to football, said, I respect the player. CGJ poking the bear. Is it news or noise?
6: Oh, I definitely think it's news because it's, you know, you want that. You want that news. Your players rally around it. And one thing we do know is they have always been a team that loves their head, loves their quarterback. The Bucks, for even when he plays bad, they love their player. And so, for me, I think it's news because they're going to rally around them. I mean, and it's, you're better off just shutting up. Just shut up.
0: I think that as well. And by the way, the other side has been getting bet. Detroit's been taking money, so we're up to six and a half now in that Bucks game. If you have interest in taking the points, uh, let's stick with the uh let's go to excuse me the Eagles I was thinking I mean CGGA obviously former Eagle uh the Eagles DC change Darius Slay says was like being in two marriages he told reporters Mm -hmm. I've never been a part of that a whole new coordinator coming in trying to find two identities it's tough it's like having two marriages you know how hard two marriages would probably be in a household two personalities and two women that's tough love the quote but news or noise Michael on the DC change
6: Uh, I think it's news because I think it was and and I think Slay also went on to say that the coach that Seriani fired was the one the players wanted to be the DC and he went down to Baltimore and now coaching their secondary. So I think there's a lot to this story that just meets the eye and the change, you know, you make a change, you got to have a plan to make a change. And I think ultimately in that plan, You know, you've got to be able to adjust things. And and this didn't work out. But I think had they stayed the same, it wasn't going to work out either. I mean, this team stopped practicing. This team stopped working. Again, it's going to come down to Sirianni answering the questions.
0: And uh, regardless, going to have a new D.C. in there this year as well. Apparently, we need to put the pause on Jason Kelsey retirement talk, according to Jason Kelsey. Uh, Despite all of the reports coming out that he already told his teammates that he was going to be done, he got on his New Heights podcast and said he's going to retire when it's time. That's when he'll make the decision. News or noise, Michael, what's going on here?
6: Uh, Well, we know, I mean, look, we didn't make it up. I mean, it was told in the locker room. So I think obviously he wants to do it the right way, do it the right manner, the right time and place. And I can't imagine watching him on the sideline in that Tampa game that he's just going to flip up and turn around and come back. I can't see that one.
0: I like being able to retire and make that announcement on your own time, but the emotions were obvious and the report's already out there. Just go with it. But do you, Jason Kelsey, keep making that money, keep doing the pod, keep getting people to tune in. I don't blame you one bit. How about Kenny Pickett? So for somebody who's a team captain, who's expected to be QB1, Uh, apparently skips his final media availability of the season. So the next time that the media is going to see him is OTAs in April, Michael. And I Mm -hmm. thought that was it. Like, you don't see that from a quarterback. I know he got benched at the end of the season. But this is your obligation, isn't it? So news or noise?
6: It's news because he should have. And he didn't want to answer the question. Let's be clear. He didn't want to have to deal with, you know, and to me, it, it really is more for you than it is for them. Go out there and tell everybody what you're going to do. You're going to work your tail off. You expect competition. You know, be proactive with it. Don't run and hide from it. Why are we hiding? Go out there and say, look, i got to get better. Everybody's got to get better. I'm going to work my tail off. I'm going to take three days off. I'm back in this facility. I'm going to do everything I can to be the best player I can for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if I win the job next year, I'm going to be a good player. What's what's hard about that? They're going to ask you, well, are you up? No, you control the narrative. But when you run and hide, when you run from it, Like, that makes it seem like you're too scared to talk to them. Like, go out there and be a man. Go say what you want to say. You don't have to answer their questions. You can deliver your messaging. And your messaging is to the rest of the team. Yeah, that's how
0: I feel. I think that that was a missed opportunity to get your side of it out there and show leadership, show the type of guy that you are and that you're going to be moving forward. So I'm with you 100%. And once again, I said it yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, I kind of would like to bring a veteran in. Let's get Kirk Cousins. let us I mean, I'm about it. I'm about it. Sorry, Kenny. Love you, man. We're going to move on, though. Um, despite leading the Vikings defense uh, uh, at times, playing very well this year, Michael, Brian Flores not getting any interviews. What's, what's going on here?
6: Yeah, I mean, look, I think to me, I, I, the decision he made to sue the league, is that involved? I don't know.
0: I
5: think so. I think
6: had he, he would have, might have been the head coach of the Houston Texans had he not filed that lawsuit when he got fired from Miami. Uh, look, Brian's a really good coach. But until that thing gets settled, until that gets worked out and resolved, I think it's going to be hard for him to take the next step. It's the same thing with Biennemi. Bienemy has not, no interviews whatsoever. And a lot of that is because even though he put up great numbers, his team and his offense didn't play complementary football, whereas Flores' team has played really well.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is I'm looking at all these other assistants that are getting interview opportunities. And you're like, despite what he did, still not getting the look. And to your point, no surprise, I think, given the the lawsuit filed in 2022. Let's hit you with one more last 40 seconds. Ron Rivera says he wants to keep coaching and would be comfortable as an assistant. News or noise? Does he get a gig somewhere else?
6: Oh, boy, that's news. I mean, I would have never suspected that. Yeah. Because I didn't see him coach when he was the head coach. Oh, Michael! I didn't. I mean, I really didn't. He just did you, ever, did you ever see him talk? I mean, I didn't see it. Like, he didn't, you know, one of the things you want to evaluate your coach on is fixing the problems. Did he fix them? I mean, you know, all summer he blamed it was too hard, the players don't like uh, the enemy. Like, seriously, it's hard to go from being a head coach for as long as he's been to being an assistant.
0: Hard. Oh. I'm moving. I'm moving because those were some shots fired. Uh, we got to step aside. <laughs> no, well, it's just being
6: honest. I love it. You want I am me to be like it. Jason Garrett and just give you a political answer? I love I'm this. I'm running for the Iowa primary.
1: This is The Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on V the sports betting network.
0: We're back here on the Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line. Remember, if you become a VSIN Pro subscriber, that'll get you unlimited access to our vison.com slash picks page picks from each and every one of our hosts and guests every single day plus if you use our code for the Lombardi line you'll get 10% off that annual subscription promo code Lombardi make sure you get in there welcome back thanks for hanging out with us today Michael Lombardi and Stormy Tony with you as we welcome in VP of operations here at Circa Resort and Casino uh Mike Palm who by the way Femi told me to tell you Very upset at you that you're ditching him tomorrow here on the program. He's very emotional about it. And he's already going through a lot with the Cowboys situation today.
2: (laughs) Well, first of all, Pritch is the key to that show. You know, me and Femi would be the worst combination possible. He'll be okay with Pritch gives great insight. I've learned a lot about betting from being on that show with Pritch this year. Uh, and just some of the nuggets he's taught me from a player's perspective. I do want to thank you guys for giving me some times on the time on the Mike McCarthy show today. it's, <laughs> off, it's, it's awfully nice of you. you know when I I heard the news that the juror is going to keep keep McCarthy, I thought of red buttons Michael uh, uh-huh. and the old story he told about his father they had a, a 92nd birthday party for his father and he asked his dad what does a man of 92 think about and his father told him 93. And I yeah. thought of this situation with Jerry. I mean, how many times are you going to start over when you're 81?
6: I, I think that's the big thing, Mike. <laughs> I think he's 81 years, he's 83 years old. And, you know, I mean, he, you know, I was with Al Davis as he got older. He, did, he ate the same thing for lunch and dinner. He did, change was not something he wanted, you know. And, 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 and I think, to me, changing how his work environment is is really hard. It's really hard. You know, you bring somebody in like Brayball, Harbaugh, Belichick. They, they want to do things kind of their way. Jerry wants to do things his way. And Jerry's sitting there saying, we're close. We're close. Why should I change?
0: And, and what I said earlier, too, was I feel like if you're Jerry Jones and you were to bring in a Bill Belichick, let's say you hired Bill Belichick, you do get over the hump next year and you win a Super Bowl. Jerry's not getting the credit for hiring Bill Belichick. That's Bill Belichick that gets you to the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> if you keep Mike McCarthy, I feel like that's – you're the guy that's in charge. If you're Jerry Jones in that position, you get all the credit in the world.
2: Jimmy stole all his thunder, and that's why Jimmy had to go. Yeah, you know, that's, right. that's why Jimmy's in the Hall of Fame yeah, before the, the Ring of Honor. The third Super Bowl is Jerry's because Barry Switzer had just was along for the ride, you know, and Aikman yeah. was very vocal about that. I mean, the change from Jimmy driving that team to get where they were, and, and Barry, Barry just being a passenger was too much for Aikman to handle.
6: Right. Yeah, and I think that's right. And the longer you go with somebody who replaces you, the, the, you know, like, like, for example, Mayo, he's going to live off a little bit of the culture that's been established. But at some point, he's going to have to establish his own culture. You live off the fumes. We hired Bud Carson after Marty Schottenheimer. We went to the conference championship game the next year. But by the next the year after, all of the good things that Marty brought to the table were long gone, long gone.
0: When Michael and I were talking earlier, we were excited to have you on today because he knows how involved and like the approach that you have looking at the officials for each of these games. And it's going to be really important in the divisional round, a little bit different because these are all-star crews versus the crews that we saw in the regular season. But any that stand out to you this week?
2: Well, first of all, I want to see, I think there's a very overarching theme that we can take from wildcard weekend into divisional weekend. And that's the lack of offensive holding penalties. If you go to each team that played in the in in the wild card round from their regular season averages and combine it together, it's down over 50% offensive holding. And if you go back and watch those game tapes, they were letting the offensive linemen get away with a lot. Okay, I think this trend continues and and just for people playing totals I think that's important right because there's no bigger killer to a drive than an offensive holding penalty that's the you know defensive pass interference and offensive holding are the two things that affect the game the most from a total perspective.
6: No question. And I think, you know, that's like if you're Houston and you're playing on the road and you got Baltimore, you got to be – you can't start first and 20. You can't be second and 20 and get behind because now all the pressure is on you to make two good plays. Then you're not playing against Gus Bradley's defense where you can throw a check down into a voided area and run for 16 yards. Like this Baltimore team, when they get you backed up, they're going to put the pressure on you.
2: I think – you know, I'm disappointed because I think the marquee game is Sunday evening, afternoon, however, wherever we at in the country, Kansas City and Buffalo, right? That's the marquee game mm-hmm. uh, of this weekend. And, you know, I'm not a Hockley fan. I, 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 his dad was okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm not either. But Sean Hockley, I think, is another over-officious one. Um, mm-hmm. But the interesting point here is that the Chiefs are 8-2 and two in the 10 games he's done with them in the Mahomes era. And Nick Wright, who, you know, we know from Fox, says, well, they're 8-2 and two with everybody. They win 80% of their game. But that's not true, right? Yeah. They have a losing record with Brad Allen. They're 3-4 and four with Brad Allen, including that disastrous fourth quarter for Brad Allen and his crew in Green Bay. And 4-6 and six with Cleet Blakeman. So I think League, if anything, it, you know, I missed three. This game's been three for a few seconds here and there. And I think back. if it gets back to three, I have to take the three. Because I just this game is 2017 all over again, 23-20, 17-4. It's this is how they always play these games, right? I, yeah. I'm interested from your perspective, Michael, on this game. You know, America's sweetheart will be in Orchard Park on Sunday night, but will we find out that Patrick Mahomes is really a hothouse orchid? He's never yeah. had to deal with a road environment in the playoffs you know which is a totally different animal sure Andy Reed has but he hasn't he's had this right. crutch of arrowhead his whole career right
6: right no question and <laughs> you know a communication when you watch the packer game against the, the cowboys some of the big plays that the cowboys gave up was a lack of communication now they're playing at home they were playing at home they were playing a scheme that they really they wanted to play man. They could. They knew they couldn't play man against the Packers. So the, the communication is so vital. And the way the Chiefs have been operating lately, they've been getting the play in. They've been letting Mahomes kind of get him in the right situation. They're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to do that on the road with crowd noise and snowballs flying all over the place. I, I think that is. But I will say, you know, with, with Hockley, I think the hardest player in the NFL right now to officiate is Josh Allen. And he's hard to officiate because he's like Shaq. You know, if you hit him, they're going to call it on you. It's a foul. If you, if you And they let the whistle go forever when you think you have him tackled. And so, like, it's really challenging to play him. And with Hockley, you know, the one thing is, you're right, he's an over-officiating official. And so I just wonder how they're going to handle him because – Allen gets all the calls, not from he should have got this. No, he gets the long whistle when he's running. And he gets the benefit of the doubt when he gets hit. Like Stafford not getting a penalty last week on the roughing call? I mean, there would have been 27 flags if that would have been Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes.
2: Well, well, Josh Allen has made a career now of jerking his head when he gets hit, right? And he, he always makes it seem like there's neck and head contact. He draws all—in the Cowboy game, that was a ridiculous early personal foul that changed that drive, that opening drive from a field goal to a touchdown— Follow the money this morning. I don't know if you caught it, Stormy. Normally you watch on Thursdays. But during no hyperbole, I said the competition committee has to get together because Josh Allen can't have it both ways. He can't expect everybody to stop playing when he goes to slide and, and you get a 15-yard penalty, but then he can fake slide and go for 52 yards. I thought the worst yep. call of the weekend was the roughing on his slide. The Steelers linebacker actually gave up, but he was already head down and like made chest-to-chest contact with him. That can't be a penalty. They've got to change that to where it's got to be like a targeting to be 15 yards mm-hmm. on a quarterback slide where you lead with the crown of your helmet or you make a contact uh, above the shoulder because that definitely shouldn't have been a penalty to me.
6: No, I agree with that. And this fake slide has got to go. You're yeah. right. I mean, or, you can't officiate this guy to begin with. Or
2: if they feign a slide, it's a dead ball. You blow the whistle where he faked the slide. The play's over. One of the right. two. They've got to change it. This is unfair.
0: Well, and that's why yeah. we, we talked about it earlier this week. They changed it in the college game because of what Kenny Pickett <laughs> yep. did. Yep. So, like, why, why not change yep. that in the NFL?
2: Mm. Mike, do you think
6: this line's ever going back? This morning when I woke up, because i got to do Russo tomorrow, I, I was all over Kansas City at three, and now it's – it's. It, do you think it'll get back to three, or do you think it's going to stay here at two and a half with juice?
2: Uh, no, if it does, though, it's going to go right back to two and a half. So you really got to be watching, Michael. It won't last long, because everybody takes the three, yet the majority are laying the two and a half. So.
0: Is this the highest bet game for you guys so far? Or I know, like, nationally Green Bay, Green, it's been Packers. Green Bay yeah. and San
2: Francisco. Okay. Yeah. And I think we'll be dead even there. I don't think we'll have a need there. It's just going to be a tremendous volume on both sides. We will need the Ravens. I can just sense everybody's going to be on Stroud and getting all these points and nine and a half and Lamar's playoff history and the pressure on Baltimore. Um, We'll need the Ravens. I don't particularly like laying or taking nine and a half in either of these games.
0: So that's what I was going to ask you to follow up with Houston. Do you like that? Like, do you agree with that?
2: I think they could get un- overwhelmed in Baltimore. They got to play that game at home in what you call the loudest environment in the history of mankind. <laughs> I did not say
0: that. I said you it was said, the loudest you had all I had this, been you in. You had
2: every professional Disney thing in your For ear anyone and you still who got it, I <laughs> was at the national
0: championship. And, yes, I have, I have in-ears that are noise-canceling. And it was freaking loud in that yeah, building. You, it was. It I, was. I bet
2: them off what you told me, how loud they can be. I also love the over in that game. That Cleveland defense did not travel, Michael. Yeah, no
6: question. I got to ask you a question when we come back because I noticed on Monday that 49er-Packer game had tripled the amount of bets of any other game.
0: Yeah, so we'll have Palms pressing three and Lombardi's question one. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. Stay with us.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive
1: Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on vSEN, the sports betting network.
0: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL postseason, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs that much more electric. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game. They get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VEGAS only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, that code VEGAS, V-E-G-A-S. The crown is yours. And this is the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni, and Mike Palm here live with you. Thanks for hanging out with us on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. And before we get to the beautiful Palms Pressing 3, cannot wait to hear your questions. Michael, I know you had a follow-up on Niners-Packers, so let's get to it.
6: Well, I wanted to know, like, what is the appeal to this? Like, everybody on Monday morning was hammering this Packer game, and you just said this is a big one in your shop, too. Why is that, Mike?
2: For us, we have a lot of San Francisco folks here, right? They're a very powerful brand, the Bay Area, the rise of the Warriors in recent years, right, And, and that franchise. And then Green Bay is one of the national franchises, Green Bay, Dallas, Pittsburgh are what I consider, and Kansas City has started to become national franchises. So this is a highly uh, uh, attention game, and the Packers played so well, and, and it's a compelling story. And I have to tell you something. And I said I haven't had a bet on this game, but I've heard pundits say how the NFC bracket has opened up for San Francisco. I don't think I don't think so at all. There's no yeah. way Dallas was going there and beating them in a championship game. I think this makes it more difficult for them, although I think they get to the Super Bowl, and I think they're clearly the best team. I think Green Bay poses more of a threat than Dallas would have in a championship game.
6: I agree. I agree. I mean, look, this Green Bay offense is sensational. Yeah. Now, we, you know, the defense is going to give up points, but I could promise you, if you gave, if you gave Kyle Shanahan true serum, this is, look, he knew Cincinnati came in there with their receivers and threw the ball effectively on them. He's watched Lamar go in there and throw the ball effectively on him. You know, it isn't like they're a shutdown defense. Like, I know they're good on defense, and they tackle really well. But I'm just telling you now, this the, the Packers can move the football.
0: And they're peaking. Like, they're playing great football playing the back perfect, into the season. They're playing, like,
2: perfect games. Yes. Like, they beat the Bears by eight. They beat them, like, by 24, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, – it, and – You bring up a great point, Michael. I thought the Cincinnati game was the more dominant game against San Francisco than Baltimore. Baltimore was a lot of self-inflicted stuff. Cincinnati just systematically drove the ball down the field. They had no answers on second down. They had no answers on third down. Yeah,
6: Yeah, I I agree. That's why I was so surprised. I mean, I think everybody thinks, now look, I think if San Francisco plays from in front, but here's what we do know. If if San Francisco is behind in the fourth quarter, they're not going to win it.
0: I'm glad you didn't say the stat, Michael, because you know how much it physically pains me. I know, so let's I didn't you're, say it. That it. was very sweet of you. I appreciate that you're the, just that kind of colleague. Let's get to pumps. Pressing three, though. I know you got a couple big question, big picture questions for Michael.
2: No, yeah, there's some specific as well. But of the four divisional round favored teams, which quarterback? And we'll go through it. So Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, or Josh Allen. Is under the most pressure, and might be the same answer. Which one is most likely to throw in a clunker this weekend?
6: Give me the four you want me to talk about. I me, mean, four teams that are favored. So, Purdy. Okay, the four favorites. I Goff, got it. No, I got it.
2: Jackson and Allen.
6: Well, I I think. Look, we know we know Allen turns the ball over, right? We do know that he's. It's rare that he plays mistake free, but he overcomes it. You know, I think Purdy's under the most pressure because for some reason, poor Purdy, you know, he can get no credit. You you know, Kurt Warner is an Iowa barnstormer and people just love it. This kid's Mr. Irrelevant and people can't see it. And I think a lot of this ties back to the to the Trey Lance thing. And nobody can believe that Trey Lance isn't a great player. So I, I think Purdy's under the most, most pressure to play well. But I think their defense in San Francisco has got to live up to their, their quote-unquote reputation. And, uh, you know, look, Lamar Jackson, I think he'll play well. C.J. Stroud's his first game. I, You know, to me, whatever he does in that game, it's going to be a learning
2: experience. I hey, I agree with Michael because people are going to say Lamar's under the most pressure. But Purdy also personally and financially, this is a huge game for him. Yeah. I feel right. It,
6: no question, and and look, nobody's going to blame like you know everybody blamed McCarthy for the Cowboy loss. Nobody blamed Dan Quinn. They were horrible on defense, and if if the if they turn it over in San Francisco and they don't go point for point with the Packers you know, then it's going to be all on Purdy. And if the Packers don't score and San Francisco plays well, all we're going to hear the next week is how great the 49er defense is. Like, Purdy has no real benefit in the game. Like, nobody's going to walk away from there saying Purdy's really good. Okay, that's... But I can tell you the, the Packer coaches know Purdy's good.
0: I was just going to say that's the reason I disagree on the pressure question of it being with Brock Purdy because he is Mr. Irrelevant and everybody wants to say that it's a system that anybody can play in anyways so I think like if people do their job that's enough I would put it between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen because Allen needs to beat Kansas City in the playoffs needs to get that off his back this is supposed to be their year and it hasn't been throughout the the majority of the season but they've turned things on so I think there's pressure on him and I think there's pressure on Lamar Jackson who's going to be a two-time MVP and is one and three in the playoffs
2: I think the Mr. Irrelevant narrative has always been false. The guy started 47 games in name. Hey, yeah. I You know agree. what I mean? <laughs> I agree.
0: I'm on Brock Purdy's yeah. side. Yeah. Like, I'm a fan.
2: Yeah.
6: So.
0: But
2: it's I, a I great mean, answer by Mike. I don't understand why he, get, great he gets killed for
6: it. He yeah. gets killed for it. And 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 But Kurt Warner doesn't. Like, there's just no – you know, Trent Green didn't get killed for it. He got cut by a Canadian League team.
2: Kurt Warner was stocking shelves at the Hy-Vee in Cedar Falls. I've been there. I mean, it, it's something. All right, got to keep going here because we're up against the clock. Everything I've ever read coming out of Alabama or out of the Eagles themselves or former Eagles like Jaworski say that all the intangibles about Jalen Hurts were incredible. Right. Could he be a passer was always the question. But as a leader, he was never questioned. So I want you, Michael, to talk about and think about the slow descent into madness that was the Eagles back half of the season. And how did Jalen Hurts go from being this great leader to being, quote, and we can't say the word, a female dog? (laughs) <laughs> what happened there?
6: You know, I, I think a lot of it is, first of all, it's the disease of me, right? We have this team that achieves so much, and they're, and they're, they're never told there's anything wrong with them back here. Only when the world comes apart does Wawa fall apart, right? You know, it's the, it, everything's great. And so I think what's happened here is they haven't worked to the level. And I think he knows this. He said it earlier in the year. We're not working as hard as we need to. And I don't think he's getting coached to the level he got coached last year. And so, you know, and now he's the highest paid player on the team. Now he's the, one of the highest paid players in the league. That's a hard thing to deal with, right? And, you know, you run through this challenge of if I, if I demand more from the players, they're going to say it's because I'm making all the money. And there wasn't that eye of the tiger in this Eagle team. You know, there wasn't that that they could all say they were, but look at the conditioning. I mean, their head coach really is probably as guilty as anybody of, of drinking his own Kool-Aid. Like he, you know, he, he got his, ski, his head over his skis really bad, you know, walking off the field in Kansas City. How, you know, like acting like a teenager, like you want your leader. To, I mean, you got to put things in perspective. And I think all those things, combination, then they can get it back. But I think they got to be more demanding. Look, the one thing I know about football and about any winning a championship is the tenets of what happens. I was having this conversation with, a, with the head coach the other day who's no longer a head coach. And I said, look, the, the, the formula for winning titles is still the same formula when you coached. And he said, you know, we sound like two grumpy old men sitting on a bench. And he was right, but nothing – accountability, Right. Being tactical, being strategic, all those things matter. And if you're taking time off from that, it's not going to work.
2: I'm going to pigeonhole you here into a 35-second answer, but I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it. Okay, our friend Gil Alexander did a great segment back in August about how every year since 2000, an NFL team with a regular season win total here in the Vegas market has made the playoffs. 19 out of the 23 years, two or more teams have made it. This year, four teams made it to the playoffs that had a regular season win total under 500, so under eight and a half. The Rams, the Packers, um, the Texans, and uh, the who Bucks. am I? Yeah, and the, the Bucs. All four of those teams covered, and three of them won outright in the divisional. They're playing with house money, right? Above expectations. Three of them are still left this weekend. Of those three, which is most likely to pull the upset? Green Bay. Green Bay.
6: Because Green Bay can score, Green Bay can throw the ball. What gives San Francisco trouble? Throwing the ball. If you can pass protect, what gives Green Bay trouble? Throwing the ball. Seattle last year. See, that's a close game in the second half. Remember, well, they led at the halftime.
2: Seattle led at halftime. and they got away from that, running Walker. That
6: turnover killed yep. them in the set. Mm-hmm. And a, and the, and now the game became fourteen points as opposed to seven. Green Bay's good. Yeah, and don't let anybody kid you now. If they turn it over, which they haven't done recently, I'm saying this, and I'm trusting Joe Barry. I should probably have my head examined. But I think it goes back and forth.
2: I'll give you a good bet. You want a good bet? Take San Francisco minus two and a half in the third quarter. If Lafleur wins the toss, he's taking the ball first. If Shanahan wins the toss, he's deferring. Frisco will get the ball after halftime. That's right.
0: This game gives me a lot of anxiety. That's a wrap for us today. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Lombardi line. Great job, as always. We'll see you again next Thursday.